Texas A&M recruiting class. Supposedly they spent $20 million on the recruiting class. What is it? What is the end? Now we have reports that Congress is going to do something. Good luck putting the toothpaste back in the tube. I don't know where it ends. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We are, as always, presented by DraftKings. We're produced by Brian Neal, musical producer. It's song you hear under us from my son, Sam Brandt. This week, Ross and I go back and forth. You know Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I come on his show at least once every other week, and here he is on mine. We're sort of going back and forth. This one is the both of us. We talk about name, image, likeness. We talk about this mentoring, tutoring quarterbacks, the Ryan Tannehill comment, and I give him my thoughts on what's going on overseas. I spent the week talking about the American sports model versus the European model. We get into that. So without further ado, my friend, you know him well, Ross Tucker. All right, so Andrew, I don't know if we've ever done this before, where I texted you and said, hey, I got to have you on the show this week with the Tannehill mentor comments, which made me think of Brett Favre when you were in Green Bay, with all the NIL stuff, which involves maybe the best wide receiver in college football, projected first-round pick that I've seen you tweeting about, Andrew, as well as just NFL draft thoughts, the AG. I mean, there's just a bunch of things I wanted to discuss with you, and you were like, well, I, I have a bunch of things I want to discuss with you. So <laughs> why don't we just discuss them together? It's sort of a uh, Ross Tucker football podcast, business of sports simulcast, yeah. if you will. Yeah, Russ, I, I'm – I'm totally interested in uh, all the things you just talked about, expressing my thoughts, but also hearing your thoughts. And so it worked out well. You know, I'm just back from a week of speaking, and I haven't done that in a couple of years with the, with COVID. We actually talked to some groups this week. One was a corporate group out west. And then I just came back from Miami. There's a group of former soccer players like UEFA, big time soccer players from overseas that is now in the sports management program. They go around the world and hear from different leaders. So they were in Miami. They're doing F1 this weekend. They were visiting the Heat and the Marlins and Inter Milan down, Inter Miami down there. Uh, so I don't know a lot about soccer, but I think a lot of these people listening and watching are going to be like, wait, you taught this guy Kaka, K-A-K-A. So he was one of my students. I look him up, Ross. The guy's got like 25 million followers on social media. He's like a huge deal. So for people who are into soccer, I think he played for Real Madrid. I mean, of course, these people know that. Uh, I hang out with Kaka the past couple of days. Maybe it's Kaka. I don't even know. Kaka! Kaka! I don't know why I want to say that. I feel like I've heard of that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you spell it? Do you know? K-A-K-A. -A. I'm looking him up right now. He has 30 million followers. 30 million followers. 30 million followers on All Twitter? Right. On which Where is he from? On Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Oh, my God. So I'll, I'll tweet him out. I got a picture with him. Uh, he was asking questions. He was taking notes. You know, uh, just for people who don't know this, the American model of sports versus the European model is extremely different. These guys, and you'd be interested in this, these guys just didn't understand how you have a player that's born in Georgia 
goes to school in Texas, gets drafted by Chicago, and then can be traded to like Denver. That was just blew their mind. Like what? How? Like they don't come up through academies. There's like American sports has three things that make no sense in the European model. Number one is the draft, which is totally like, how do you comprehend a draft? Number two is a salary cap. Like what? <laughs> and number three is you have all these restrictions on free agency, like a franchise tag. They're like, what? Like it, it's, we're the law and order of sports compared to the rest of the world. There's no question about that. That is so interesting, Andrew. I, I, I don't know that much about the international stuff because they have like transfer rights, right? Like, so they have some yeah. restrictions. Well, they have transfer fees. So if like Paris Saint-Germain bought uh, Neymar, from Barcelona, and and they not only paid Neymar whatever they paid him thirty million a year, fifty million a year, but they paid the team a huge amount. But it's not like a trade; it's just I, I don't know. And and you know, there's like three teams in Spain: Real Madrid, Atletico, and Barcelona that pay. I heard this 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 stat, Ross: eighty percent of the salaries in that league are the three teams out of like twenty teams. Like, how does that happen? Like. It's just amazing. It's just this sort of free-for-all over there compared to what we're Sounds here. like baseball. <laughs> yeah, there's some baseball elements without a cap, yeah. Um, but what a, what a nice thing for these former soccer players. You know, they're probably 5 to 10, 15 years out, kind of like you are to American football. And they're just getting this Masters and going around the world and meeting different leaders in sports. Uh, and I was flattered that they asked me to come down and speak. That is so cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I knew you were jet-setting all over the place this week. Um, all right, so some of the things I want – you know what? Why don't we start there, Andrew? Since you're talking international, how about the NFL this week? Yeah. Announced their international games. I guess the things that jumped out to me are they're getting a game in Germany. That's big. And, and, and they're not messing around, Andrew. They're sending Tom Brady yeah. to Germany. Like, somebody made a decision that if we're going to do this, let's do it right. To send Brady, so they're sending Brady to Germany. You got the three London games. Then you've got a game in Mexico City. I mean, to my knowledge, it's the first time where there's games in three countries. And all of them, I think, maybe not the Mexico City one. Maybe it is. I think all of them are the 9.30 a.m. Can't be that way in Mexico City. But the, the European ones are all that 9.30 a.m. window for the, uh, you know, the exclusive early morning game. Yeah, I mean, this is the continuing efforts by the NFL to sort of try to get a new fan base. And it's also interesting to me, as I talked about this week, this sport, for all its popularity here, doesn't translate well overseas. It doesn't. Let's be honest. This is not basketball. So basketball has a base, has a following in other countries. It's easier to understand. It's easier to follow. It makes sense. Football, and I know this so, so well right now from the audience I spoke to for two days, like they don't really get it. You know, and when I was in Barcelona, I was like, why do you have all these stoppages? Why do you have these meetings? You run a play and you meet. You run a play and you meet. I'm like, it's called a huddle. 
it just doesn't flow well. Now, London has a base, right? London has been following these teams forever. I talked to some NFL uh, fans of the soccer group. Like, yeah, they're going to London. They're going to see the Packers. But I mentioned the Packers. You mentioned Brady. Now it's like you don't have a choice. Now, I don't know the inner workings of the NFL, Ross, whether they actually had a choice. But it just seemed like the Packers were like, nah, you know, we're not going. We don't want to do that. But the 17-game schedule is the big thing here because last year it was AFC 9 games, NFC 8 games. Now it's NFC 9 games, AFC 8 games. So the Bucks and the Packers and some other teams, they're, not, they're losing a home game, but they still have eight home games. And that's something to sort of say, all right, we'll do it. You know, the only team that's going to play seven home games in the NFL this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars who are a staple fixture at London. You know, what I think is interesting, a couple thoughts. I actually thought when they went to the 17 games, I thought they would do it so every team had one neutral site game. Mm. So, so you know, maybe not enough for international, but maybe they put a game in Portland, Oregon, or maybe they put a game in St. Louis or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I thought that would be a way for them to get some NFL action, some other cities. I guess there's probably some concern that there wouldn't really be a very good crowd. I mean, it, you know, I don't know who you put at a game in St. Louis. Do they show up or do they boycott it because they're mad at the NFL? I don't know how that would go. The other thing is, I don't know about Rodgers or the Packers. I got to tell you, Andrew, I think not that he really had a choice, but I would imagine that Brady would embrace this. I would imagine Brady would want to play in the first game in Germany. He has big-time business aspirations. I think he likes to the, the international stuff and the ability to play in the first game in Germany, just knowing him a little bit. Yeah, I think that'll be great. And I, I think you know the activation around Brady in Germany and Rodgers in London is going to be huge. I mean, they will now become a little bit more superstars than they are because they'll lock into more of an international base. I mean, I think we're just naming the two biggest stars in the league and over a long period of time, and now they get to expand their brand a little bit. I, I think they'll both embrace it, actually. I, I think they will, and I think, you know, I got to say this about Brady. I want your thoughts on this. He is active and playful on social media, yesterday was the thing about the tuck rule, the fumble. Are you surprised by this? <laughs> because as I tweeted out, he was 20 years in Belichickia, right? Where he would, you didn't hear a peep from Tom Brady. And these past two years, he's everywhere. I don't think he would be doing this if he were still in New England. And I think he's a genius for doing it. I mean, he has expanded his profile like you wouldn't believe with the social media stuff. I don't know that he'd be doing it in New England. No. And I think it's another reason why he's glad he's not there, to be <laughs> honest with you. I think he's happy to be able to do this somewhere else. Speaking of quarterbacks, I'm going to turn it on you. This Ryan Tannehill, I'm not there to mentor Malik Willis. I experienced this, obviously, with Brad and Aaron. Uh I, I'm like you, I see no big deal, but I thought it was really interesting. You kind of put it out there on your sarcastic wit on Twitter. <laughs> and 
like this is so bad and people are coming at you like you just said the world is is ending like wow you know your, your reaction to doing that and the reaction you got well, so, you know, it comes out that Tannehill said it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis. Then I saw the video, and he's, like, talking about it, and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily my job to – it's not really my job to mentor him, but if he learns stuff from me and it helps him, then that's great. You know, like – but people cut off the second part of it. They just <laughs> They just tweet, it's not my – you watch the video, and you're like – that's fine. But yeah. online, people are making it seem like it's horrible. So I tweeted, this is the worst thing any NFL player has ever said or done. It was, you know what's crazy? I actually got a text message from an NFL executive. Yeah. Saying, dude, you, he said, dude, you, he said, you crack me up because he saw the tweet and thought it was hilarious. And then he went on to say, I, I said, it's scary how many people don't realize it's a joke. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, really? Talk, what about Aaron Hernandez, Ross? Like, it's so scary how many people don't realize it's a joke. And he texted back, it's, it's like a societal experiment. It's like a yeah. social experiment. And it's not a good result. There was, there almost you know, when Elon buys Twitter, there almost needs to be a sarcasm alert kind of thing, um, you know. Where I people- don't know that there is though. I I kind of I kind of enjoy seeing, but then I was thinking about this, Andrew. It's almost like either they don't know me, or they really think I'm that stupid. Like yeah. at some point, the joke's on me. Uh, here's what I would say though about the Tannehill comment, because I think this is important. Could he have phrased it a little bit better? Maybe. But what is the outrage? I mean, so first of all, his job is to win games as the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Think about that. Like, what if he came out and said the opposite? What if he said, Andrew, you know, my real focus is to mentor Malik Willis. My primary focus. Like, Everybody be like, wait, what? No, it's not. Your <laughs> primary focus is to win game. What do you mean? Don't be don't be spending so much time mentoring Malik Willis. Make sure you're ready to go. Make yeah. sure you're ready to play so the Titans can win the division and get back to the play. Like, if you if you phrase it the other way, it's like anything else in life, Andrew. If you if you go the other way and you're like, Yeah, man, uh, that's my primary goal is to mentor Malik Willis. <laughs> that's my number one priority. It would sound so ridiculous. So when he says, it's my job, it's not my job to mentor him, but if he learns stuff from me, that's great. That's exactly right. I had vets that were helpful to me. Yeah, I was helpful to some younger guys at times. I never thought it was my job to mentor younger guys at all, especially when they were drafted and they were coming to take my job. I didn't think it was my job to do that. But even the guys that helped me, Andrew, they didn't. It wasn't their job to mentor me. They might have given me a tip or two here or there. You know what I really did though? I followed them. Yeah. I watched what they did. Yeah. I asked questions. I watched the way Dave Zott was in walkthrough, treating every step of walkthrough like it was the Super Bowl. I watched 
you know, John Jansen finish plays. I watched Ben Coleman go in the cold tub every day. After. Like, you you, you learn by watching. Those yeah, guys aren't, fun. like, going that's out of their way to mentor you. The whole concept is so stupid in my mind. I agree, and I've watched practice for 10 years, and, and the, the red jerseys of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, that's how you mentor because he's out in practice, and they, after he throws a play or after Rodgers did a play, there's the quarterback coach, and they're going over this sheet. And that's and what is it, what is every shot of a quarterback after they come off the field is? It's sitting on the bench with the quarterback coach on the right and the backup on the left. And every shot of the offensive line, it's the backup standing there around them. That's mentoring. You know, it's like, come on, people. And every the other part of this is Ryan Tano is going to be replaced. Brett Favre was going to be replaced. Aaron Rodgers is going to be replaced. This is the nature of the business. And whether, you know, you mentor, you ignore, you freeze out, you talk, it, it's happening. And it's not just quarterback. People get focused on quarterbacks. It's the constant inexorable turnover of the NFL. I'm so happy to have Athletic Greens as a sponsor of my podcast because I've been using the product for a long time. I started taking it because sometimes I don't get all the greens. I try to optimize my health, as you guys know, as much as possible with fitness and even with diet. But as I said, sometimes diet and nutrition doesn't go the way you want, but you can ensure that by taking a scoop every morning. I just did it of Athletic Greens because it's just, it's better gut health. I get more energy. My immune system is great. It gets optimized. I don't have to take all the pills and vitamins and I take some supplements, but I got to take this every morning, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. You start your day right. I've been using it now, I don't know, five, 10, 10 years maybe. Lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, it's dairy free, it's gluten free. The multivitamin is not in your diet anymore if you take this. I also get better sleep, I get better recovery, I get better mental clarity. It costs less than $3 a day. It is trusted by athletes, as I know. Uh, I can't say enough about Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. All you have to do is make your first purchase. Visit athleticgreens.com slash BOS. That's for the business of sports. Again, athleticgreens.com slash BOS. Take ownership over your health. Pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Andrew, we got to talk NIL before I let you go. And yeah. maybe maybe we'll have some other conversation about it. So I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you up just to talk about what NIL is. Because I know it's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Business of Sports Podcast. And I know we primarily talk NFL. But this has NFL ramifications because part of it is – going to be 
the guys getting the most money and moving around are going to be some of the best players, the NFL players. But also, there are guys, we've already seen this in college basketball. You know, Oscar Shibwe, who went to high school in Pennsylvania, he's not going pro in, in the NBA. He's staying at Kentucky because he's supposed to get over $2 million yeah. to play one more season at Kentucky. He's the first uh, NCAA player of the year to not go to the NBA in like decades because yeah. he's like, nah, I'm going to stay at Kentucky for $2 million. The Michigan big man, Hunter Dickinson, is staying yeah. at Michigan. He said there's no chance it would have happened without NIL. So this is where we are, Andrew. And I think we're there with some college football players too. A lot to unpack here. And by the way, I've spent the last week, I have since I talked to you, I had my students in my class present on NIL, every one of them. And I'm getting papers on it. It's the topic in sports business, sports law, pro or, or college. Here's the deal. Uh, Supreme Court decision a year ago, education-related benefits can't be restricted. The NFL, I'm sorry, the NCA threw up their hands. We're out. Like, because everything we do, you know my saying, there will be lawyers. So antitrust lawyers would, would challenge anything. So after preparing for NIL for two years, they, they threw up their hands. And now you know what happens when there's no regulation, when there's no one watching the hen house, when the cat's away, the mice will play. This is it. So it's supposed to be cute, right? And most NIL is, for lack of a better word, cute, right, Ross? It's a couple hundred bucks, Instagram out this product, get some shoes, get some product. But then you have college football and basketball because there it's big time. And these collectives have changed the way you do business. Collectives are donor groups pulling their funds to, let's, let's be real, to keep and retract football and basketball players. That's it. That's what they're there to do. Now, in the old days, SMU and, and these, you, know, you couldn't do that. <laughs> but now you can because you frame it as NIL. And University of Texas pays 50000 for each offensive lineman. I'm sure you love hearing that. What do they do? I don't know. They show up at, at charity functions. The only thing with NIL is you have to be a quid pro quo. You have to be doing something. But you know how that works. So how now it's all as you talked about. This quarterback from California is going to get $8 million to go to Tennessee, $2 million a year. Uh, the, that Texas A&M recruiting class, supposedly they spent $20 million on the recruiting class. What is it? What is the end? Now we have reports that Congress is going to do something or Congress is going to look at it or leaders are going to – good luck. Good luck putting the toothpaste back in the tube. I don't know where it ends. I do know boosters aren't supposed to pay for play. They're going to say we're not paying for play. Boosters aren't supposed to recruit. They're going to say we're not recruiting. We'll see where this goes. This was always going to be how it went down. Because even if, even if they say it's not supposed to be an inducement, even they're going to say, well, all of our freshmen this year are getting X. Can't tell you to come or that, and that you'll get that if you come, but... Every single one of them's getting that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's this was always how it was going to go down. How are they? How would they ever change that? How would you change it? I mean, I think you just talked about the guys that are saying, "All right, what's the NIL package?" Everyone's asking that now. So, how does this not become pro sports? 
You have an idea? I, I don't I don't think it I don't think they can stop it now. Yeah. I don't think they can I, I don't think that there's any because there's no way, even if you say it, it can't be an inducement, there's no way. I guess the one way you can stop it is you can't tamper. So you can't talk to kids that are on scholarship somewhere else. They got to go in the portal first. So that's one thing you can probably do, but there's still back channels. There's still, I think what they really need to do is just have a better, for roster management, a better like time period. Like for lack of a better term, they have to have a free agency period. They have to have like, because what's crazy right now is Andrew's like, it's not the NFL where there's 32 teams and there's a free agency period and there's contracts and there's a salary cap. College football, there's hundreds of teams. Yeah. There's no salary cap. And I mean, I, I've heard multiple stories of kids that threatened to leave after the season. And so their schools gave them money to stay in December. Yeah, I know one kid that the school did that in December. He did it again in the spring. They gave him money to stay. They gave him money to stay for second semester, and at the end of second semester, he's like, "I need more, or I'll leave." Well, people say once these donor groups find out their investment's not good, they give a guy a million dollars. He's a backup. He doesn't play. The money will stop. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. I think people keep throwing money at players. It's an arms race, just like the coaches' salaries. Now it's an arms race to get the best players. And I'm donors- glad it's going to the players, as opposed to just ridiculous facilities or coaches getting more and more. I'm glad the players are getting money. I think it's great. If people are willing to pay, then that's what they're worth. The issue is just it. it it's kind of a mess right now there there's no there needs to be more structure around it somehow and you know i just saw this morning ross dellinger said um from sports illustrated they're trying to you know enforce this tampering rule essentially yeah that you can't talk to somebody who's on scholarship somewhere else and that they're going to make it retroactive so they're going to try to go after the schools that have been doing it um I think that's a mess. I don't know if it's going to work. I do know, Andrew, you are the man. Uh, thank you for coming on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and having me on the Business of Sports Podcast. Thank you for coming on. And the last thing I say on NIL is, you know my catchphrase, there will be lawyers. That was a fun conversation with Ross. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports. If you're not getting my newsletter, please do sign up at andrew-brandt.com. And there's a special section where I give out a daily video and weekly meetings, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL for the Sports Business League. My columns on Sports Illustrated and Twitter, Andrew Brandt, Instagram, Andrew Brandt 2, Clubhouse ADB 719. Always appreciate you listening. Give us a good review if you will. Share it with a friend if you share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.